This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is North, 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 South. South. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here for the latest episode of North and South. I think somebody's wandered on to be my co-host. I don't really know his name. I believe he's the LA Times. Wait a minute, it's Dylan Hernandez here. Dylan, good morning. Recording this on a Wednesday morning. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff happened over the weekend. What do you want to start with? What's the big issue on your mind in the uh, California sports world? Well, football season's kind of over down here. <laughs> right? It's done. Obviously. Baseball, baseball time. I think it's always baseball season down there. Well, you know what? That said, though, I mean, I, I said this before. Niners are one of the most popular teams down here. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they're not the. You know, I think like the last like kind of survey that the you know that the NFL people had showed. I think something like maybe fifteen percent of NFL fans down here were Rams fans. So they don't. They haven't even you know like in terms of market share. By no means are they the dominant team here, and I think like the Niners were around like ten or something. Mm-hmm. And so Raiders are probably num- Raiders are probably number one, right? By the way, I would you know what you would think so, but it wasn't. I think the Niners were even ahead of the Raiders. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, let's you know, just make this a Four Niners podcast. Yeah, this is a Four Niners podcast. Like we know, we know that's where the interest. Dylan Hernandez is your Forty uh, ers follower. Well, okay, had the wild card games. Rams lose, but you know, tight game. Nerve. I thought that was like the nerviest game of the wildcard weekend 49ers had to buy but i think there's some things we could learn i know the 49ers thought there were some not maybe not lessons but kind of principles that were kind of shown in 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 who won those games what do you see for it from the rams losing a tight game uh and you know but i thought stafford played really well in detroit losing it to the lions i thought the lions played tough it was a freaking can you imagine what if the rams had won that game i don't know who would have been healthy for the next weekend what what kind of things did you take away from that Rams loss in Detroit? Yeah, you know, I think first off, you see Stafford and Aaron Donald, right? They're still, you know, they're still big-time players, right? Uh, I know that there's, right, this whole thing about where they are kind of on the aging curve, and I think, you know, especially like with Donald, right, who was kind of this, you know, for a while, kind of the clear-cut number one player in the NFL, uh, you know, I mean, he's still regarded like as a top 10 guy, but, I mean, you see, again, right, big game like this, and they're double, triple teaming him every play, uh, and even then, like he gave him, he gave him legitimate chances to win this game, right? He made a couple of like big time plays. Uh, so I think you know, kind of going forward, I think you know, as you start, obviously they're going to have to, right? They're going to go through the whole thing of, you know, I'm not a big cap guy, but you know, they're going to obviously have to start kind of restructuring deals, maybe right, which might tie them down to these guys a little bit more. I think you know, you look at Stafford, you look at Donald, uh, and you feel comfortable with those guys going forward. You know, whereas uh, you know, I think the big question that they're going to have. 
in a couple of years is with Cooper Cup, right? Just in terms yeah. of just how much how much football does he have left in him? Uh, but you know, I still thought that the you know right uh, there was this you know with Kyron Williams kind of coming on, there was this feel that okay they've kind of found this run game, you know, and I thought. Um, you know, kind of like late in the season, they had a road game in New York where they were kind of up 10 points, 14 points somewhere, you know, for a lot of the game. And they really couldn't run the ball when they had, when, I, when the other team knew they were going to run, they couldn't really run it. And I think in this game too, you saw that, you know, the run was really just kind of coming off the pass, right? When the other, right, on obvious kind of like um, passing downs, you know, maybe they were able to kind of sneak something there, but they really still don't have kind of that running game. So I think, you know, my anticipation is going to be that kind of going forward, that that's going to be something that they, you know, that they have to kind of address because, and you do see like the benefit of that, right? I mean, I think as you're, you know, looking at the the Niners this week, you know, and going against the Packers who kind of had trouble, had some trouble against the run. Uh, you know, I think one of the reasons I think you're, at least from like my view, you know, thinking that, you know, the reason the Niners better win this in large part is because, because they have that element to their game. Oh, yeah. I mean, Nick Boza just basically said, he's like, I asked him about, you know, because the Cowboys and Eagles have been the two teams they've been looking at all season. They're, they're like, they're, who's going to be the one seed of all group? And it just kind of falls the 49ers way. The, the Eagles collapse and the Cowboys were okay, but not great. And they both lose in the first round. And I asked Boza, like, is this a surprise to you after going through, you know, looking at those teams? All he goes, well, you know, maybe early in the season, but playoffs is about running the ball and stopping the run. And they didn't do a good enough job of that, and they're out. Now, you know, it's comparable it's versus what I think the Eagles for sure uh, were, were really just torn apart defensively all the last half of the season. But it's physicality. You know, it doesn't, you know, it's quarterbacking. We know that. We know you can't give up a lot of passing yards. You, your quarterback's got to be better than or at least equal to the other quarterback. But, Man, it's like to make sure you get through the early rounds, you got to run a ball and stop the run. Like that's the easiest way to fumble away an early round playoff game and at home, like the way the Cowboys did. Jordan Love was great, but I don't think Jordan Love is great unless there's that threat of the running game. I think they ran for 140 yards um, and the Eagles ran for basically nothing. You just like you need a baseline run the ball. McVay, you know, for all his passing, passing, passing. They were good when Todd Gurley was good, right? Or they had other running backs. Like it does start with that. It's the Shanahan system. It starts with running the ball, making the defense have to play you, and then you play action off of that. And then your quarterback can take it to a certain level. Jimmy Garoppolo took it to a certain level for the 49ers. Purdy's taking it beyond that. And Matthew Stafford takes it, you know, took it to a Super Bowl winning level. But yeah, I think the 49ers went through this weekend saying, you know what, the team we would rather not play is the Rams. Like, I think they really thought that because given that they're home, knowing that they're home, like I don't think they would have wanted to go to Detroit, but they aren't going to go to Detroit because they have the higher seat. Um, I think they would so, ah, we'd love to play the Eagles. You know, Lions, Levi's, I don't think they're too stressed over that. I mean, it's not going to be an easy game. And the Cowboys, whatever, they're not great outside of Dallas, and maybe they're a little soft. The Rams were the ones that they like. I think they expected to play the Rams, and I think they were – if you had to put a most concerning team on that list was Rams because there was the element of running the ball because it's Aaron Donald and because it's Matthew Stafford. So like, do the Rams look at the 49ers and say, okay, we got to get to that level. I mean, is, is it kind of that specific? Do you think? Yeah. I mean, I think it has to be right. I mean, they're in the same division. I think the, you know, whatever it is, you know, and right. They, you know, Sean McVay started to really love to throw around that word narrative as to kind of dismiss, right kind of the noise around it but you know the again the mcveigh shanahan thing um 
yeah, I think that those two teams just obviously they they play a lot off each other, right? Uh, they they have to look at each other, and so yeah, Cheney was we, pissed that, they, that that nine game regular season winning streak ended in that meaningless <laughs> game. He was pissed. He really was pissed. But I think that's a, a sign of the edginess between the two, the respect between the two, not just yeah. the coaches but the entire team. I just don't think yeah the 49ers would be as dismissive of the Rams as they were of the Eagles. They just didn't respect the Eagles. There's so I mean I, I was surprised how little they respected them, you know, what Eagles were like 9 and 0 or whatever the hell that was and they just didn't respect them very much. Didn't respect them after losing the NFC Championship game. Um I think a little bit as the quarterback, I think you know, there's respect for what Jalen Hurts can do. There's not respect for that he can beat them over the top very much though. And there is respect that Stafford can do it. There's obviously respect that Lamar Jackson can do it. That's a whole other thing. You know, Patrick Mahomes, that's, I kind of put that off to the side. If you have to deal with one of those teams, you're in the Super Bowl, and that's pretty good. And then, then, then you, the, the, it, it, it falls where it falls from that point on. But uh, I do think the 49ers and Rams look at each other and whatever versions, whoever's, you know, the superior version, whatever year is the one that's going to have a real shot at the Super Bowl. If you kind of look back on it, it's kind of gone that way. Those two teams are built right, uh, which is why I think the 49ers, uh, maybe not an easy game against the Packers, but I don't. I think it's a good matchup for them. I think Jordan Love is really great, but this is probably not the year he he flips on a, a number one seed, you know, on the road. Um, he's man, he's a quarterback to watch in the future, though. Like when you think about who's going to be dominating this league for the next 10 years. You did see in the wild card game, uh, Houston, Texas, and CJ Stroud might be pretty damn good for a while. And Jordan Love uh, and the Packers. And the Fournier's got a 20, what, 24-year-old now, uh, Brock Purdy. We'll see. He's 2-0 in games that he starts, playoff games he starts and finishes, not counting the NFC Championship game where his elbow got torn up. That might be the group they're doing. You, you're going to, I mean, you kind of come away from the game saying, at least Stroud and Love in those two games. It's hard to it's hard to say that they're not ascending very very high. Yeah, for sure. I, I also want to touch real quick on uh, Marin's own Jared Goff. There you go. There uh, you go. <laughs> you know, uh, I'll say this. You know, I think he had right there were like a few key throws that he kind of had to make in that game. Um, you know, he was able to make them. Um, I don't know. Any any thoughts? Just kind of watch it. You know, obviously, I yeah. think with from this standpoint, there was so much with the McVeigh stuff, right? And I think obviously he did a really good job of kind of keeping his emotions under control and stuff. You know, didn't try to do too much again. Uh, I thought again there were a few key throws that he had to make and he made them. Um, it was interesting just kind of watching the way the Detroit crowd reacted to him too, right? Well, you yes, know, I mean he's been good for them. The, yeah, yeah, he's been good for them. And Stafford, I mean, I think they really like Stafford. They understood what he did for them for those years, and then he won a Super Bowl, and they're like. We got to turn a page, you know, it can't be like pining for Matthew Stafford that, that they moved on Dane Campbell, Brad Holmes, the team, the team that they've assembled there. I'm not the hugest golf guy. Uh, and we'll see if Purdy's better than that or not. I think that is kind of a level of like, and, and I think McVeigh went through like, there's a certain things that he does for you. And that's really, really good. Uh, maybe, you know, higher than a Tua level, maybe, but not a lot higher, maybe right in there. Uh, and Jimmy Garoppolo was certainly, you know, on the lower side of that, but he still won a lot of games. We'll see if Purdy's above that. I think he is, but I still think golf, like if things don't go right, and you can say that about any quarterback, but when things don't go right, I'm not 100% sure on him. He's got some, you know, I'm on St. Raw is incredible. There's got some really great players. We'll see how healthy Laporta is for the rest of the series, the rest of the playoffs. But 
I think Goff is like right kind of in the middle of that second tier playoff. Like, can you go out and win the game? And I don't know that Purdy is either. He's, I think he is, but I don't know that. Uh, but, you know, behind Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, probably Josh Allen. Allen could win it for the other team too. Like he, we know that he can give it to the other team, but I think Goff is really good. I think the, uh, the Lions have a lot of playmakers, but let's see them, you know, away from there. I'm not so sure. Like the 49ers, I think, you know, you can pack them up and put them anywhere and that's going to play. Uh, that defense plays, that physicality plays. The Lions, not a great defense. They're just not, you know, they're okay, you know, kind of, you know, can, but they give up a ton of yards. It's just like the history is not full of teams with that defensive profile making it to the Super Bowl. It's just not, yeah. certainly not winning the Super Bowl. So the 49ers have that profile. Now, again, doesn't profile doesn't mean – Diddly, if, if you can't do it on the field in the playoffs, but uh, I don't know that Goff is a guy who takes you higher. I'll put it that way. Like, he'll get you to where you're supposed to get to. And then in that moment, when you got to make that third and seven throw with somebody in your face and the defense figuring out you're going to throw there, you got to throw over there. We've seen Stafford do it. And that that's kind of like an interesting line, right? That golf Stafford line. What is the difference? What's what percentage difference is that in quality? And that's not a lot. You go by stats, it's not a lot, but it's something that I think people can feel and sense. Uh, and some guys have it for a while. Joe Flacco had it for a while, and then it goes away, you know. And you know, other guys like you know Mahomes. Sometimes you think they absolutely have it, and then he throws a terrible pass. So it's it's, it's hard to quite measure, but. I think that's going to be a measuring point for Purdy. And again, I can keep saying, I think he's going to be able to do this. He's clearly a better quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo who got to a Super Bowl and was like seven minutes away from being Super Bowl MVP, Dylan. Like he didn't play great even through that, but he was solid and it wasn't going to go to anybody else. Uh, then Patrick Mahomes explodes on them and it's all over. But I think Purdy's clearly better than Garoppolo. I think Purdy's the best quarterback that Kyle Shanahan's ever had. And that includes RG three in his rookie season. I'm not the greatest RG three fan. I just I'm I was really talented. It wasn't going to last. Uh, and once defense is like, okay, he's going to either throw it to his first read or he's going to run it. That's it. There's no third read. Um, and you know Matt Ryan was a MVP for Shanahan as OC in Atlanta. It's little limitations there. I thought you know, and maybe that's what showed up in at the end of the Super Bowl that year, like that fumble was like the, the biggest play. I think people rip Shanahan for two or three of his play calls, but you go look back on it and they go, okay, I understand all of them. That fumble by Ryan was really bad. Um, and I think Purdy's better than that, but we'll have to see. He, he played well in the you know, two playoff games last season. He's got one more playoff victory, by the way, as a starter than Lamar Jackson does, which is kind of an interesting stat, uh, but we'll see. I, I just think it is set up for the 49ers to do quite well. They are really good front runners. We know that. And like it would be an upset if things collapse, certainly in this round. Uh, and then we'll see who we get next round. I, I just don't think I don't think there's a matchup that's bad for them in the NFC. Then then we'll see if they get through it, what happens uh, when they're in the big game in February. You think it's gonna be them in Baltimore in the end? Yeah, I mean, again, it's tougher for Baltimore because better teams there. You know, you got Josh Allen, you got Patrick Mahomes. I would think Baltimore is the best team, although they have looked good going into playoffs before and not play well, right? We've seen that. Uh, I would not count on that. I think Baltimore is the best team. I think they're very similar to 49ers, right? They can beat you on offense. They can beat you throwing it. They can beat you running it. And they can beat you defensively rushing the passer and picking you off. Uh, they've just got these 
multi-level threats that other teams don't have except for the 49ers. And they're, you know, they were provably better than the 49ers when they played at Levi Stadium on Christmas. Doesn't mean that's going to happen exactly that way. Um, 49ers, you know, four interceptions by Purdy. Two of them were tips, you know, some bad decisions. I don't know if that would exactly happen the same way, but I think it's going to be four nice Ravens. I just, it's easy to say it's pure chalk, but they're the two most versatile, uh, you know, deepest, you know, challenge you in the most ways teams. And if they avoid injuries, again, obviously a huge thing. And it's easy for me to think now and think like, God, man, who knew last year? The 49ers basically said it, that if Purdy didn't get hurt, they would have won the NFC Championship game. He gets hurt when they're kind of driving. and weren't really driving. They were they were not looking terrible down 7 nothing in Philadelphia. They would, have, they would have got yards on Philadelphia. Like they knew they were going to get yards and they were going to get yards. Probably, you know, would have been in that game till the end. Maybe they're in the Super Bowl. Uh, maybe they play the Chiefs better than you know than the Eagles. The Eagles played them really good. Interest, interesting kind of way to play that out. But yeah, I think it's 49ers Ravens in the Super Bowl. I'll just say, I mean, I've kind of thought that for a while. Uh, and then they have to figure out how to play better than they did on Christmas. Not two games to go before then, but man, I do not see the Packers changing that one. We'll see about the next one. I do not see the Packers changing that, that path. It's a very Tom Brady Patriots path. I've written this. They, they used to get to Saturday divisional round game after the bye, rested, play a team, possibly coming off a short week. Packers are coming off a short week playing Sunday. You win that one, and then you have the extra day before the next Sunday NFC Championship game, or, you know, with the obviously the Patriots or the AFC Patriots, the Championship game. It's a smooth path. You get extra rest. Teams have to travel to you. Um, if you're a team built to not screw up, and I think the 49ers are, you usually take advantage of that. This is kind of the path they got in 2019 when they got to the Super Bowl. Now you got to not get injury, injuries. You're not, you can't screw up. You can't have turnovers. Uh, maybe your kicker can't screw up, and we'll see with their kicker. It's a little shaky right now. But it's certainly built to win this game, and then we'll see what happens in the championship, conference championship game. You, you've been to a game in Vegas yet? I have not. I have not. I mean, I hear it's really nice. I hear it's really nice. Have you? I have, yeah. I uh, I went their their first game right in the COVID year, so there Man, was nobody. Yeah, the empty, the empty. Yeah, and even Mark Davis wasn't there. So you were there. Yes. You saw a game there before Mark Davis saw a game. Yeah, and then they had like the halftime entertainment. Um, they were like offsite. They were somewhere else, and they like beamed it in. <laughs> so COVID. Wow. And then uh, their first like actual. I'm not sure. Was it? You know what? I think it was. Uh, who was playing that game? I can't even remember why it was. I, I assume it was like the first game with like a crowd there. I was there too. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting because like from like the Mandalay Bay, you know, they shut down that street, the bridge right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, people just kind of walk across, you know, and I guess it's going to kind of become one of these like little pregame tradition type things. But the thing is you wind up having to walk because I couldn't justify like a hundred dollar Uber, <laughs> you yeah. know, to go like five blocks. Right. So, you wind up making that walk yourself. So, uh, yeah, maybe you'll get to experience that. Well, yeah, the, the hotel, I'm not going to say which one. We went to the media hotel, and it's it's very close by. So I will definitely be walking uh, and if I'm there. I'm not, you know, obviously fans are going to be screaming at me. Oh, you're already counting. No, you have to make your reservations if you think you might go early. That doesn't mean you know you're going to go. But the NFL hey, we've called, we've called it. We've called it already. You're going to be there. <laughs> it's done deal. I'll go anyway. I'll just go out and visit Mark Davis, hang around. Why not? These are my guys. Aram's still there. You know, I've been to Vegas a few times, so I'll just hang, hang out with all the people. 
Uh, you know, it's uh, it's big. Obviously, it's the NFL. It's really important. Uh, it's interesting personalities. The Fortnite's were really loose yesterday. Uh, kind of like loving the the, the Kristen Yuschek, you know, Kyle Yuschek's wife, designing clothes that, that Taylor Swift is wearing yeah. to the games. It's very interesting. They're a big personality team. It tends to be the kind of team that doesn't screw up. We'll see. Uh, but, you know, you obviously can't take this lightly. But they are, man, the locker room's unbelievable, full of personalities and thoughtful people. Purdy's becoming very thoughtful. Nick Bosa won the media award. And he's a guy who barely wanted to talk to the media's first two years there. But, man, he is thoughtful. He is like a guy you go – you know, like a guy you go to who isn't just going to say general stuff, is going to say specific things in context and isn't afraid of, like, somebody getting mad. Well, what are they going to do, yell at Nick Bosa for saying something? Like, he and Trent Williams are the two guys in the locker room that I kind of feel like are you – know, you don't want to quote them too much, but they're really smart – thoughtful kind of team leaders that give you insight into the way the team is thinking. And I go to Bosa a lot and I obviously I go to Trent a lot too. So, uh, but they're superstars too, like two of the seven best players in the league too. So that's not a terrible thing. You know, McCaffrey's obviously great. He says some interesting things, but not that interesting. Purdy says some interesting things at times, uh, not so much at the podium. Uh, you know, they got up and listen, I could go down the list. Kittle's, great talking and and, and, play. and like they have a, all these other players but bosa and and trent williams i think are and fred warner would be the third and that's part of the reason why they you know they're the leaders they talk they talk to us they talk to the coaches they talk to the players uh i think fred warner is the reason why steve wilkes defensive coordinator went down from the booth to the field <laughs> i mean there was a lot of talk about it. it was fred warner like i want him down here talking to me uh and that obviously has worked it's like a lot of interesting things going on in that locker room it's it's good to be in there, and it was pretty lively yesterday. What else do you want to talk about, Dylan? Well, uh, well, we had uh, you know the Harbaugh news, right? He mm -hmm. did interview with the Chargers. Uh, I know we've talked a ton about him here <laughs> the last few weeks. Uh, any any more thoughts for you from your stand? I mean, you're, you you know him. Uh, any, any more? <laughs> and I now know his agent. He hired Don Yee, who uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo agent, uh, Tom Brady agent, maybe more to the specific points, Sean Payton's agent. So I imagine like. Harbaugh will be looking almost to duplicate the Sean Payton deal, which was huge, obviously. Um, and maybe that kind of power structure, bring you know, a GM that he maybe doesn't have to know directly, but has, you know, know his philosophies and come in together. Um, yeah, I was a little surprised the interview with the Falcons, but, you know, maybe just kind of just talk to everybody, see where everybody is. Um, I don't know where the Chargers are on the process. Are they... Are they Rooney rule? Are they you know ready to pull the trigger? I think they might have a little ways to go on on kind of just yeah. the process. But that's some it's some if, if the Spanoses are willing to pay that money, if they're willing to say you got the football, you and your executive, whoever you want, we cleared it out. This is what we want. I'm sure it's the same thing for Belichick, right? Any team hiring Belichick isn't got. Oh yeah, here's your general manager. You report to him. Like you're that, that's not happening. Uh, and you live with it. And I think that's where the Chargers have failed in the past. They've hired these, you know, kind of Mike McCoy and, you know, and whoever else, all these other guys, like just they're guys. And you, they need somebody who's going to be the guy. And that would be Harbaugh. It would be a personality. It's no guarantee. Nothing's ever a guarantee. But Justin Herbert's kind of quarterback he can coach. And, uh, he would be attracted to Justin Herbert. He'd be attracted to the talent. He'd be attracted to LA. 
Um, I think all those things play. It uh, doesn't mean that I know the Spanoses are going to do it. And I don't know who the executive, I've mentioned Tommy Gamble has obviously been close to him and he's with them in the 49ers with them at Michigan. I think he's still with them at Michigan. Um, you know, there's other guys. Sometimes you never know, but it just makes so much sense. With if the Spanoses are willing to give him that money, which they've never paid a coach that kind of money, like 15 million a year. And if they can agree on what the structure is, like he's not going to be, I was surprised. He came to the 49ers, obviously a super hot commodity. I thought he was going to get personnel powers, and he did not take personnel powers. He came in with Trent. Trent Baalke was already there. They kind of felt aligned. We know how that went wrong after a few years. But I kind of told Jim, like, why, why didn't you ask for that? He's like, I just, I just never wanted that. Well, he might want that, at least generally. Shanahan has that with the 49ers. McVay has that with the Rams. Pete Carroll had that with the Seahawks until obviously he left. Um, Mike Tomlin has that John Harbaugh might not have all of that. Cause that's a great personnel shop there in Baltimore, but he's got some of that. I would think Harbaugh comes in with that and then has designates the executive, like Kyle Shanahan said, I'm coming in with John Lynch. We're coming in together. And I imagine that Harbaugh has got a guy or two. And man, if the chargers are accept that, you got to do it. Plasky wrote that. I know like it just to become relevant, right. To be, become a player in LA, Imagine, like, you know, I know the Rams are going to be bigger, and we know the Dodgers are always bigger, the Lakers are always better, bigger, but can you, you know, can you be the third or fourth team in LA? Can you be bigger than USC football if SEs falls off a little bit? There's only one shot at it for the Chargers. It's a higher guy like Harbaugh. I don't think they'd hire Belichick. I don't think, you know, Pete Carroll necessarily, uh, if you want to go a five year run, Harbaugh's, this is it. This is his, this is his shot. His shot to win a Lombardi trophy. I said this when he was leaving the 49ers, and people in Michigan got really mad at me and are still mad at me. I said, I think he's going to come back to the NFL because he wants to win a Lombardi trophy. His brother's got one by beating him. Jim's going to want one. And this is the definition. There's only, I think, two other guys who've won a national title and a Super Bowl, maybe three uh, Pete Carroll, Jimmy Johnson. I think there's one other. Um, this is this is what he feels his destiny is, and it probably he's probably right after winning a national championship in Michigan. So um, the Chargers should do it. It's not – it just seems so – it just costs money, and they got money. They do have money. This is why you moved to L.A., right? Supposedly you, you needed to get into the market uh, with the other big-time teams. They're not the richest team, but they got enough. Go get Harbaugh. It's just It just doesn't – why is it? I don't, maybe there's not a second thought. Maybe they've already decided to go get them. They just have a, a process to go through. But have you heard anything there that there would be worries about him, that there would be some barrier for him not to go to Chargers? I mean, you kind of hear the usual stuff about the personality, right? But I don't think it's going to stop them in this case, right? I, again, I think that they're, I've mentioned this before, but they're very cognizant of where they are in this market, right? And it's not just the fact that they're, you know, even behind the Rams, it's that, you know, once you fall below like a certain line of, you know, kind of market penetration, so to speak, you disappear in this market, you know. And I think, you know, for what it's worth, again, um, you know, I know it doesn't seem like a huge deal, but, you know, they've fired their last two coaches now, I think, with, um, you know, with time left on their contracts, mm -hmm. which are things they did not do in San Diego. Um, you know, they're building that training facility. I know they keep pointing to that. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, even signing, you know, it was funny because even when they signed Herbert to that extension, right, there was before that there was kind of this talk of like, well, you know, are they going to 
right? Put that, you know, the, the signing bonus and stuff, right? You got to put that money like an escrow, like a certain amount of big contracts, like an escrow and stuff. Would they, would they, you know, would they, you know, go cheap on that, whatever? Uh, so so far, you know, every kind of like financial hurdle that they've had to kind of meet, uh, they have. So I kind of fully expect this thing to kind of get done. Uh, you know, I don't think the power thing is going to be an issue. I mean, I think that's part of the reason they probably cleared the decks here. Um, you know, I think the issues are going to come if there is success, <laughs> right? Yeah. And, yeah. But you know, that's, that's usually that's the way a good problem. Yeah. That's, right. That, and that's usually the way these things work, right? You win, yeah. everybody's jumping in trying to get credit, <laughs> and then yeah. then things go and bad. Here's the thing, you know, I have I, I have not like you know been Jim Harbaugh's employer. I have not, you know, I don't know what goes on in those rooms when this stuff happens. I've dealt with them a lot. We've been tense with each other we've been good with each other we've been good mostly i mean it's not that he's just he's just challenging he's just like i'm gonna why are we doing this how come you want me to do that and if you have an answer for him he's usually pretty good if you just talk to him and like if he respects you because you're not trying to go around his back i don't think it's a big problem now you know maybe others would disagree he seems to have been just fine in michigan like there's always something right there's always a contractual conversation there's always something i get it but it's i, I bet you it's not great dealing with belichick all the time it's not great dealing with all, sean payton all the time they're always trying to get the edge if you want a coach who's always trying to win who's always trying to play the percentage odds every single time this is what you get harbaugh's just not as smooth as other people he's not smooth at all but if you're if you're like secure with yourself which i assume i am you get like you just have to like he blasts you once and you go whatever I don't care and then you keep going, and the problems he's run into the people who are not very secure with each other and and that's a lot of people I get it I just don't see the big oh my god he's going to be tough to deal with that's, that's who he is he's not hiding it it's who almost all of these guys are Kyle Shanahan is way smoother but he can be tough to handle too absolutely because they're driving they're constantly pushing. So I don't – part of this is like, what do you guys expect? You're just so scared. That's what happened in Minnesota. Oh, he's this rough-and-tumble guy. He had arguments with Jed York. Oh, no. Like, this happens. Bill Parcells, this happens. Like, like that part of it is – like, do you want to win? Do you want to fucking win or do you are you too scared? And Jim yeah. Harbaugh, you win games and you get in the playoffs and you won a national championship. Just this part, this frozen, oh, no, it might be uncomfortable in the room for the owner, and my martini might not taste as good because he's looking at me funny. That's why you lose. And the Chargers have been that for a long time. This would be the jump start, 180 degrees in a different direction, and they need to do it. Yeah, and I think, again, the, just the, the perception of it, too, they're very sensitive to this whole, you know, because there are, right, at this point now they're saying, well, look, we've done this, 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 and this. Like, what do we need to do to kind of prove that we're, you know, that we're not committed to this thing? So I, I think that there's kind of this, right, kind of the outside forces, too, are kind of guiding them to make this move. Uh, you mentioned Plashke's column earlier. You know, if that do doesn't it. get it, then do I don't it. know what we do it. Flashy's on board. Oh my God. What are you talking about? Flashy's writing about the Chargers. Just that. Just that. Can you imagine after all this and they go, or some, you know, quiet little assistant coach to be that? I mean, you can't. You can't go down that road. I mean, maybe it's a, I shouldn't say that. Some unnamed assistant coach who isn't as high profile as Harper might be a great hire. There are great assistant coaches out there who should get a chance. 
But in the Charger situation, where they need just a jolt of life, not just to the media, but part the media is a reflection of it. Uh, you, you got a chance to hire Jim Harbaugh, and in this moment in Justin Herbert's career, uh, with some other talent that just doesn't seem to fit together, he brings in a really good defense coordinator. I, you know, he probably bring in this Michigan guy who's really good. Um, like, what, what, what more could be handed to you on a silver platter? It happened to the 49ers. They were spinning out of control. They had players. They just didn't know what to do with them. And Harbaugh gets in there and says, we're going to be a tough team, and we're going to fucking win in January. That's what we're going to do. And they've done it. They did it. You know, They didn't win a Super Bowl, but they went to three straight NFC Championship games. Uh, it kind of unraveled at the end. But uh, I, think t- I think the Chargers would take that, right? Three straight trips to the Conference Championship game <laughs> and one trip to the Super Bowl. I mean, my God. And then you might win a couple of those couple Super Bowls. Who knows? So it just, it just fits. And I don't think Carroll fits a little too old at this point. Uh, I think Belichick does not fit there. I think he's East Coast kind of, you know, uh, maybe Atlanta, that kind of thing. But Harbaugh, if you're going to go here, you better not get afraid of it. You know, you better not. Like, if you're afraid of it, just don't do it. Don't do the interview. Like, don't even tempt it. Once you do the interview, you better not say, oh, my God, he was mean. No, and he didn't kiss my ring. Like, fuck that. What is that? What does that even mean? Like so go in there and command a room. I even heard like, oh, he better not say this or this. Like the way he said the jet. Who cares what he said the jet? Did he win football games? Did the players believe in the direction they were going? Um, did things get organized? Yes, yes, yes. You go, go do it. And if it fails, at least you took your best shot at it. Don't be afraid of stuff because it makes you uncomfortable. That's the worst thing to do. You never win. Look at the Cowboys. You know, they're keeping Mike McCarthy if they do because he's been comfortable. They kept Jason Garrett for like a decade because he made them comfortable, the Joneses. You don't, you, you, you don't, this is not how you win football games. Not the biggest, not the biggest ones. Nobody was comfortable around Belichick. Guess what? <laughs> they won and they won, they won, they won, they won. Well, while they had Brady. Uh, I just, that part of it, I don't get, but I hear it constantly from the NFL. Their owners get uncomfortable. Oh no, who's going to get credit? Just try to get just win. Worry about the credit after you win. That's great. That's a great problem to have. And then decided afterwards. There was a you know somebody wrote when the 49ers drafted Trey Lance, they traded all that to get Trey Lance, and had Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're going to keep starting Garoppolo. And it was Mike Florio, was a guy I know, I like, but he says some crazy stuff sometimes. He's like. Oh my God, the biggest problem would be if the 49ers win a Super Bowl, then what do they do? It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, back up there a little bit. Winning the Super Bowl. That is the point of this. You are trying to get everything you can lined up so you can win the Super Bowl. Everything else doesn't matter beyond that. You want to, you know, behave ethically, you want everyone to respect you, all that understood. You do want to make a profit, which every team in the NFL does by incredible percentages, but you're supposed to win the Super Bowl. You deal with everything, ramifications of that after you win the Super Bowl. That's the point of this. God, you yeah, got me going, you know, Dylan. Wow, I think we, yeah. we were saying, well, can I say anything new on Harbaugh? I can, I can go on Harbaugh a little bit. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and the thing, too, is the Chargers can just look at, like, the other number two team in town, right, in their sport, just to see how difficult this is. The Clippers might, you know, they're one of the best teams in the league right now. Yeah. With a really good coach, really yeah, good with coach. a really good coach, they've figured it out. It's fun, right? Uh, the players are having fun. It's a fun team to watch, and all everybody's kind of talking about is the Lakers still. Yep. You know, yep. uh, right? This week they had the big announcement that the All Star Game is going to be at that Clippers new arena, which looks 
spectacular. Have you, been to, have, you been to look, have you been to look at it at all? I've driven by it a ton because it's like a block over from uh, SoFi. Right? Oh, that's right. So every time I would go to the stadium, I would just see this. Like, it's just, I mean, it's enormous, you know? Um, and I know they gave like a tour, I think, to some people yesterday. Uh, so I think there were some videos kind of floating around on Twitter and stuff. But yeah, there you kind of see just how like difficult that situation is there, right? And, you know, and, and that's like, uh, you know, I don't know if you ever talked to Steve Ballmer, but, you know, no. in terms of, yeah, he's like a guy, man. Like he's like a legit guy. You know, a lot of these owners, uh, obviously, right, they're successful, like in their field, whatever fields in which they made money and you know, um, you know, I think owning sports teams, a lot of it is like a vanity project almost, right? Because you can be a great developer and nobody knows who you are. But now all of a sudden you're in the spotlight, don't know how to handle it. And a lot of these Same people crunky, are Same crunky. Yeah, <laughs> they're weird, <laughs> weird, right? I mean, yeah. I dealt with Frank, you know, I got to know Frank McCourt <laughs> yeah. somewhat well and, you know, different guy, right? Um, Bomber's the type of guy, though, that I remember like the first time I dealt with him was when Blake Griffin like punched out a trainer or something, right? The equipment guy. Um, and he was like, this is unacceptable. He's going to, you know, there, he will be, you know, whatever they had, right. There, there will be a punishment. Uh, and you know what? He did what he said he was going to do, right. It's not that hard, right. He was very kind of clear headed, very kind of, um, and, you know, they put in a ton of money into, right. Um, you know, all the scouting, all the analytics stuff. So this is an organization that's done, I think in a lot of ways, like a lot of right things. And you just see how hard it is to kind of turn this whole thing around, right? I mean, the narrative is still kind of the narrative. It's They're tied down to, you know, and part of it has been Kawhi Leonard's health, right? Um, you know, if he's not healthy, this whole thing kind of doesn't go. Um, you know, it does feel like they've kind of gone all in now on this, right? They just signed Kawhi Leonard to an extention. Really well, he took no like choice. A, yeah. yeah. And he took yeah, a no team-friendly choice. deal too, right? And I think the thinking was this wasn't kind of done in a vacuum, I think. He signed the deal that he did to make sure that Paul George and, you know, uh, Harden would be able to, you know, stay with him in the coming years and stuff. And so they've kind of done everything right. But even then, you just you, you see just how difficult this is. Right. And how, again, uh, you know, uh, one more injury, whatever, and this whole thing could unravel, you know. Um, and so, again, I, I think, you know, the Chargers kind of can look at that situation. Right. Where there is an organization that that has their shit together, that seems to be kind of, you know, doing the right things they got the right coach and everything and you know they're still not you know uh being talked about probably nearly as much as they should be so they're win a championship like you know you got to start doing that stuff i don't know that they will but they got a team that like they got their best shot at it in a long time again if these guys stay healthy which is always a big question mark but i like that team i've i've liked that team for a couple years you know i just love two-way wings you know, can be athletic for you on defense and they can can shoot and finish on offense. These are just what the Warriors used to have, which they don't have. Uh, I will say this. We are recording this on, on Wednesday morning, and there's obviously a very, very um, critical condition uh, with uh, emergency health situation with the Warriors coach, Dejan Milovic, and it's it, just hoping the, for the best. Uh, we don't need to talk too much about it, but hoping for the best. I know him a little bit. He's a really popular guy around the league and in international basketball uh, and just hope, hoping for the best for him. But uh, we'll go a little bit of Lakers here. Like, I mean, everybody, yeah, like they're not playing well since the, 
since the play-in championship, which the banner is raised, so we know that they've already accomplished a whole lot by winning the season tournament. I do think that thing should come down at some point. They got browbeaten into it by Adam Silver, and you're the Lakers. You don't need to listen. The freaking Celtics wouldn't have put up an in-season tournament uh, banner. I, I don't know what the Warriors would have done, but come on. But um, where are they? I mean, you know, I mean, if they can't get make a trade. They they look as cooked as the Warriors look. The Warriors look pretty cooked too. We don't need to get into that again. But where are the Lakers right now? Yeah, they're at a point I think where you know I heard that they were maybe close to something last week, and you talk to somebody else. No, we actually weren't close at all. So they're kind of at that stage of desperation, right? Where they're like you said. If I think there's a they there's no illusion. They know they have to do something right to address the roster. And the, I think the desperation for that is almost kind of creating these mirages almost, right? And, you know, and I think part of the problem is like that D'Angelo Russell uh, hasn't been great, you know, and he's, uh, I think he was sick earlier this week, missed a game, whatever, but like, you know, uh, they're going to be kind of like running, there's not going to be like a ton of time there too, right? For him to kind of raise his stock. Because right now, like he's, he's not like a prize. I can't imagine teams are, you know, knocking down the door saying like, Hey, we really, we really need this guy. You know, that's so. the missing piece is D'Angelo Russell. Cause he's the guy that everyone trades. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. so, and I think, you know, again, uh, you know, when LeBron is good, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be in every game, but he's 39 years old. It's kind of up and down at this point, you know? Um, and so it's kind of the same narrative. They're kind of stuck in this, they're stuck in this kind of holding pattern almost like they were last year where it's just kind of like, okay, you know, hopefully they can do something at the trade deadline. If they can, you know, maybe they can kind of smoke in their mirrors their way to another conference final like they did last year. Uh, you know, I think part of the thing too is, I mean, just like with Reeves this year, he just never got it going. You know, he did the whole Team USA thing. It looked like the beginning of the season that his legs were kind of heavy. Um, you know, things aren't going well. And all of a sudden they're like, can you run with the second unit? Uh, you know, and so the, that whole thing hasn't really worked out. Hachimura probably hasn't played, you know, I think his last few games were pretty good, but you know, on the whole, he hasn't, you know, he's been hurt too, but he hasn't quite, quite given them what they were hoping. Uh, you know, Gabe Vincent being, I mean, just had knee surgery again. So, uh, you know, that was a guy that they were counting on, not a ton of playmakers there. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're right now they're, they're in trouble. You know, I think that said, you know, anytime again, you have, right. If, you know, assuming they make the playoffs at this point, um, you know, if they have LeBron James healthy, if they have Anthony Davis healthy at the end of the season, you know, I don't think any like higher seeded teams going to like be like dying to play them by any means. But yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't look good right now. They just, you know, it's just too much of a flawed roster. They just kind of have to do something, you know. Um, and, you know, Palink, Rob Palinka, to his credit, last year kind of waved his wand and, you know, made a bunch of moves that, on the surface, right? None of them were kind of like, you know, there wasn't like that Zach Levine type of like, oh my God, they got this guy type of deal. But he did a lot of things that kind of made them better and positioned them to kind of make, right? To at least to support their big two guys and kind of make that run. Um, and so I think that there's this kind of, I'm not really sure if anybody's looking at this team that they see like a logical way of how to get there. It's just at this point, well, Plinka did it last year. Maybe he can just wave his wand again this year. Yeah, he had more. He actually had more pieces last year. Westbrook again, even whatever we think about him, there was a tradable thing, something you could move that contract. And they and I think they traded one of their first that they could trade, right? So they only have one first now, and it's like twenty nine to trade. So 
like is a little more limited. I mean, you can always wave, yeah, do something. I wonder if they would ever trade Reeves. I mean, he is one of the reasons you, you know, players you think you'd hold on to, but he is tradable. Like there's people who really want that contract. I think the Warriors would be interested in something like that. I just don't know. Like, yeah, Andrew Wiggins. So the Lakers want Andrew Wiggins. I think the Warriors would make that. We would trade him Andrew Wiggins and do seconds. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I also think, can you imagine the league if they're looking at a possible playoffs without LeBron or Steph Curry? That would be that would be something. And they're kind of looking at it right now. It is, or maybe they barely one of them barely sneaks into the play-in and gets bounced out of there. Uh, that would not help TV ratings. I don't really care one way or the other about TV ratings, but that would really not be good for the league. I think big picture. Uh, but oh, you know, we got exciting young team: Minnesota, Oklahoma City. These are exciting teams. Embiid last night was incredible. Uh, got me thinking. Maybe it's going to be you know Denver and Phil- and Philadelphia rematch in the finals. Like those two teams look great. So we shall see. It's but it's not LeBron. It's not Steph. Like those. I'm starting to watch the movie Air now a little bit, and just the you know the marketing of players and what makes a player worth you know a shoe company investing in and what doesn't it's just funny mel turpin or you know or you like these players that are named like oh my god those were the ones in discussion instead of michael jordan but it is fascinating and what lebron and steph curry have like nobody else has in this league somebody might get it but nobody has it right now so um i'm sure the league is not loving the perspective the prospect of one short term they might not be very long in the playoffs and two they are not going to be uh in existence uh, in their in their current form for much longer and that is that is what they're looking at all right that's enough we've gone long enough in on that really upbeat optimistic note dylan thank you for getting me to rant about harbaugh again i think that one is the one that was my harbaugh rant right there uh we don't need to duplicate it again unless until he gets hired and until then i might be yeah, then I might be chatting with Jim a little bit. We'll see. We'll, we'll have to get him on my podcast. But uh, all good, Dylan. As always, say goodbye to everybody. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye.